Have you ever thought it's time to own my own business or I've outgrown my current firm and there's got to be a better way to serve my clients? Or perhaps I'm not growing as fast as I know I can and I need to learn more about the independent RIA model that I've been hearing so much about. Is it time for me to make that change? Hi, I'm John Sullivan, Head of Network Development at Dynasty Financial Partners, and this is the Independence Playbook Podcast. The first episode dealt with the importance of due diligence. In this second episode, we're going to focus on transition, and we are featuring Caitlin Douglas, who heads up Dynasty's Transition Services. In this episode, we'll discuss the checklist for advisors that are transitioning to the independent model, and it'll also include information on some of the biggest challenges that the advisors face. And Caitlin will discuss some of the changes that have occurred post-pandemic that are making the transition to independence easier. With that, let's jump right in. Hi, Caitlin. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks for having me, John. Prior to joining Dynasty in November of 2018, I was with an RIA in the Columbia, Maryland area where I was the Director of Client Services really assuming the role of the CCO and the COO responsibilities. Um, And in 2015, we had actually made the decision to move to independence in a hybrid RIA structure. We performed due diligence regarding um, custodians, broker-dealers, technology, um, even real estate for about two years prior to that. And, you know, some people call me crazy, but I actually enjoyed that entire uh, process of the due diligence and the feeling of, you know, really starting our own independent firm. So uh, in 2018, I started speaking with Dynasty and made the move over to the transition team where I have been ever since. So you have some firsthand experience. Tell us a little bit about the biggest concerns advisors have, some of the things that they're thinking about uh, in terms of making this type of transition of their business. You know, how do they get started? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think that the biggest concern that I would hear from advisors is they don't know what they don't know. And they really rely on uh, the transition lead and the Dynasty transition team to provide that experience to them and make recommendations based upon what we've seen throughout the industry and also launching um, countless other teams prior to them. Uh, What about some of the misconceptions or the perceptions that advisors have about the transition that are sort of different from what they expected? Yeah, that's another great question. So one of the biggest misperceptions that advisors and teams will have is the timeline that it takes to transition their assets and get back to a steady state. When they have a well, uh, well-led well transition and a process um, for basically all aspects of the transition, we are able to execute on that and typically around um, a three to six month time frame where they're feeling that they're back into a steady state and meeting with their clients again and doing what they love. Yeah, that's terrific, Caitlin. And I think we've, we're starting to call that growing through the transition where they're obviously in this state of transition for a period of months, but at the same time, they're engaging with prospects and actually adding uh, new assets to the platform. What are some of the biggest surprises uh, that advisors have brought to your attention as they come through? Yeah, I think that some of the biggest surprises, which is um, always so fun to hear, um, is that they had no idea that they were gonna have clients and prospects come out of the woodwork and say, we were waiting for you to do this. And all of a sudden, you know, a couple of days post-launch, they um, have all of these additional assets that they weren't expecting from these people that they had been speaking with um, prior for sometimes for upwards of years. 
people value um, and understand the move that these advisors have made in forming their own independent RIA, and they're excited to start working with them. Now, some of the biggest decisions, they have to make a lot of decisions along the way through this sort of transitional journey. What are the two or three big decisions during transition that are going to take some time for the advisors to contemplate and have a real important effect on the future of their, of their business? So I would say that two things really come top of mind. One is to be very thoughtful and have a um, well-thought-out plan on what their equity ownership um, will look like and um, some operating agreement decisions that they're going to need to make. It's really important to get that right up front so they can have a repeatable process down the road should they want to do any type of M&A or um, explore other business lines. It's really important that those decisions are made with care um, up front. So I would say that that's probably the biggest one that from a decision-making standpoint. And then um, what's a, a little bit more fun, if you will, for clients and the, the advisors that we work with is truly marketing and branding. We have a well-documented and thought-out process as far as forming and branding firms, but what is involved in that is, you know, a lot of decision making on the advisor's end and the team's end on, you know, what is the name that you're going to have for the rest of your, the time that your firm is in existence? What is your logo going to look like? What is your color scheme going to look like? Can you hear yourself calling your, your firm this name, whatever the new co's name is going to be for all time and eternity? So it's a big decision that they have to make because they need to love it um, in order to feel good about their decisions. Thank you, Caitlin. Now, you know, a few other things come up along the way. Obviously, the timing, you touched on it a little bit, but let's just talk about from the day that the team resigns from their current environment, how long does the transition take and what are some of the expectations in those early days and weeks? I would say that um, the, the theme that we have seen with firms that Dynasty has worked with and launched, um, that they are seeing commitment of their assets, um, upwards of 90 to 100% commitment um, within, certainly within the first 30 days, um, to, I would even say two weeks to 30 days, and then the actual transition of those assets in about 60 days. The entire transition timeline from when they resign to, again, as I mentioned before, when they're in steady state, um, I would say is upwards of about, of about six months. They're learning a lot of new technology. They're getting settled into their new real estate space, learning um, you know, a new custodial platform. So those things take time. We set the expectations clearly up front that those um, things will take time. And there's obviously decisions still that are gonna have to be made um, as you're doing that type of implementation. But having that process uh, set out and setting the expectations early only leads to you know, a clear timeline for those teams. It can be a little bit of a roller coaster ride. I know that we can sort of prepare everything and there's a clear scheme in place to make sure that everything goes as smoothly as possible. But can you talk a little bit about some of the emotional aspects of the transition and how do you deal with those situations that come up with the team? Absolutely. I would say that this is probably, um, you know, sometimes upwards of 90% of my job on uh, any given day and rightfully so. Given what I had mentioned um, at the beginning of this podcast where uh, I had worked with an RIA uh, prior to joining Dynasty, I can honestly say that I've been in these advisors' shoes before, so I understand that this is their life's work and that this is um, sometimes the biggest decision that 
advisors are making um, to leave their current firm and um, rebuild their book of business with their new RIA. So that being said, a lot of it is understanding that uh, some of the questions or some of the emotions that are coming my way are valid and um, being able to just walk through with the advisor and the team on why we're making certain decisions, going over with them exactly how the transition is going to be executed so that they feel comfortable that, you know, the only thing I need them to do is to call their clients, to be excited, to let them know about the new venture that's ahead of them, and we will take care of everything else. And a lot of the time, um, you know, that will calm the advisors down and the teams down so that they feel and they know that, hey, Dynasty and my other resource partners got this. All I need to do is I need to make sure that I call my clients. Yes. And obviously there's been terrific experience in terms of the, the speed of the assets moving over. Each time it seems like we get a little bit better on each transition in terms of what to expect and, and setting expectations around, around the timeline. Caitlin, let's talk a little bit about the transition process. In particular, how has it changed uh, over the last five years? And then as it relates over the last two and a half years, how has COVID impacted uh, the transitions that you've worked on? So there has definitely been a trend over these past five years and probably even more than that where custodians are uh, leveraging technology more and more and also enhancing their digital account opening process. But specifically COVID, um, you know, hitting back in 2020, that has been the absolute catalyst for custodians specifically to ensure and really force them to improve their digital account opening process. Advisors and clients were not open to receiving mail during that very unknown time. So the um, opening an email and clicking on a digital signature and having it be straight through process to the custodian was the preferred way of transitioning a book of business. Um, so the, the custodians really had to um, do some uh, quick work in some cases in order to uh, make sure that their platform was able to accommodate what the advisors wanted. One of the biggest things that um, custodians needed to do was to make sure that the digital um, account opening process that they had to offer for their clients and certainly during a transition process was um, top notch. Yeah, we definitely saw an acceleration uh, of technology utilization during the transitions during COVID and that led to obviously assets moving faster. I can remember being on site with a team and they were literally, you know, going through a Zoom with the client, taking them through the paperwork, the signature pages and everything else. And it just led to a much more pleasant client experience. And then it was sort of on to the next one. Um, so that's a good perspective. Caitlin, what are some of the recommendations that you have for advisors as they begin to embark on this transition to the independent world? Yeah, I think that some of the recommendations that I would have is to um, be open-minded and to perform your due diligence. Um, most of the advisors, by the time that they are speaking uh, with Dynasty, regardless, have already done an extensive amount of due diligence. But it's really important that these teams have explored the different avenues that are available to them and um, understand um, the decisions that they're going to make. And um, to have a partner through all of that, such as Dynasty, is probably one of the best decisions that they're going to be able to make. 
As far as the uh, work that needs to be done, we're usually dealing with teams, sometimes sizable teams. Talk a little bit about the assignment of roles and responsibilities based on the talent of the team or the expertise of team members in terms of how they're going to facilitate the transition together. This is probably one of the most important conversations that I have early on in any transition with a team because assigning um, roles and responsibilities throughout the team based upon um, the need of having somebody in our quote unquote circle of trust is super important because the entire transition shouldn't lie all on one person's shoulders. It's a lot of work, um, which we're very transparent about. So if somebody's in charge of marketing, somebody's in charge of legal or compliance, um, you know, and that's not only based upon their current position within um, their firm now, but also maybe what their intended position is going to be when they move to the RIA so that they're understanding exactly what the decisions are that are being made and how they're going to impact their role in the new paradigm. Thanks, Caitlin. Yeah, as we kind of round out this session, what other advice do you have? What other uh, perspectives can you give a team in advance of them making this kind of decision in terms of how their business may change post-transition? So in my opinion, independence is going to open the door to multiple opportunities. The advisor probably wasn't able to pursue at their prior firm due to a more captive environment. Gathering and transitioning their assets first and then building a foundation for their clients and then starting to pursue these opportunities once they have their feet underneath of them is going to allow for, you know, setting them up for success for years and years to come. Well, thank you, Caitlin. We appreciate all these insights. Our next episode will focus on marketing and will feature Dynasty's Chief Marketing Officer, Cordy Abel. We'll see you next time.